Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of PewterReport.com and the Pewter Report podcast. We have a very exciting show because for the first time since he joined the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we were able to speak with and speak to and conversate with the newest offensive coordinator of the Bucks, Liam Cohen. I know Scott and I both have a lot of opinions about what we heard from Liam today, his influence on the offense, what his hopes and dreams are for this group and what Bucks fans hopes and dreams are for this offense as well. We got a lot of clips to get to a lot of thoughts, opinions, and of course we will answer questions from the pewter people as well. So a lot of fun stuff on today's show. I'm your host, Matt Matera joined with me, as I mentioned, the face that runs the place, pewterreport.com, SR Scott Reynolds and Scott, we're in that point of the off season where we're not at the facility every single day. So I tend yeah. to enjoy these moments more when we get to go down to the training center, especially to meet with Liam Cohen for the first time, who overall enjoyed his presence, enjoyed getting to conversate with him. Yeah, uh, he's he, he's pretty open, very much like Dave Canales in yes. terms of, of 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 not being too guarded, right, with with his thoughts, with his opinions, sharing his philosophies, et cetera. It just comes across a little different, right? Dave is <laughs> like an effervescent personality, and I think that that uh, and and there, and I'm not knocking Dave. There's a, a a time and a place for his personality. There's a time and a place for Liam Cohen's and Liam Cohen's personality is front and center. And, you know, he's the kind of guy that I think you could go have a beer with and chat football with yeah. for two hours. And he wouldn't be looking at his watch saying it's time to go. He he would be, all right, what else are we talking about? We, we're talking about bunch concepts. Now we're talking about slide protections with the offensive line. What are we doing? So he, he is a wealth of football information he's a football junkie his father his grandfather were coaches he said he was born with the football uh pretty much in his hands he didn't play with action figures he was drawing up plays as a kid so man this guy the more and more we learn about him i i, I referenced on yesterday's show that coaching clinic video that he did at the university of kentucky which was outstanding and this was just more of the same and i think this guy is a wealth of knowledge I think the Buccaneers' offense is in very good hands, Matt. 
Very much so, Scott. I, I could not agree with you more. And what I'm about to say, I, I do not want this to come off as uh, disparaging Dave Canales or, right. or anything of that means, because I think Dave Canales is an amazing human being. Yes, One totally of the best agree. people I've ever met in, in the coaching staff. Friend of the program? Friend of the program, yes, of course. Liam Cohen is just a different. There's similarities to Liam and, and Dave Canales in terms of their offensive styles and, and, and the way that they're very personable in yeah. general. But specifically, I feel like with Liam Cohen, he's a little more self-aware and a little more I, I would say he's more down to earth and self-aware than maybe yeah. Dave Canales is. And I don't mean that as a knock on Dave right. Canales. Dave comes in, and this is a great mindset to have. So that's why yes. I'm saying I'm not putting down Dave Canales. Right. But Canales comes in, he's like ready to attack the day. Everything's great. So awesome to get out of bed this morning, which are yeah. all true things. I'm not yeah. uh, negating that. Thankful for every single day. With Liam Cohen, very much felt the sense of like, yeah, we're good here, but let's see how we can fix this, this, and that. And like, yeah, Kentucky, we did some great things, but we also got smoked by Georgia, and we have right. to be better um, in, that, <laughs> yeah. in that sense of it. So uh, I'm totally with you in terms of, Cohen's just seems like a guy that would be down to hang out for like two hours, have a couple of beers, maybe have a cigar or something like that. Yeah. And let's talk football. Let's talk golf. Let's get into all different things where right. now it's a little more like almost too energetic where you need it like chilled out a little bit. So yeah. neither, neither way is, is like worse than the other. I'm just right. saying, and we'll get to know Cohen more, but yeah. off of first impression, who would I rather like hang out with for an evening? Probably Liam Cohen a little I, bit more than Dave Canales. I agree. Yeah, and and I, I think too it's kind of like um, with 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 Dave Canales, he's ever the optimist, and, yes. and there's nothing wrong with optimism, right? Otherwise, right. the world's a gloomy place. Agreed. It's better. It's better than being a pessimist, which is the 180 of that, right? Yes. But uh, I'm a realist. I'm like I don't mind the bad news. Hit me with the bad news. I can yeah. take it. Give me the good news. I'll enjoy it. Right. And, and so I, I'm a realist, and I, I think speaking right to what you're saying, Matt, um, Liam Cohen is a realist, right? He's He'll tell it to you like it is. He's not going to sugarcoat anything. He's not going to you know, wrap it around in, in uh, puppy clouds and a rainbow and, 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 yes. uh, and be full of sunshine all the time. So both, both ways work, right? I saw this team right. rise to prominence with Tony Dungy, who was stoic, um, Arms crossed all the time and transition right into John Gruden, you know, F this, you know, yeah. <laughs> getting in, in refs, you know, grills and, and yelling and screaming and berating players. There's a lot of ways to skin a cat. I just happen to like this cat right here, Low, uh, Liam Cohen. I think he's he's an absolute right pick for this team, the right guy at the right time, I think. I think the only guy I would have liked better, probably yes. Liam Neeson. Right. I mean, who, who wouldn't like Liam Neeson? But because you need an intimidation factor and Liam do. Neeson brings the intimidation factor. Yes. And he has a special set of skills, Matt, that can that can help out in, in uh, any dire situation. But uh, having said that, uh, Liam Cohen, uh, I, I think, made a great first impression. I think we're seeing some of the comments. Let's, let's share some of the comments here going right from the top. Um, you know, great first impression here from Kathy Gillespie. Um, uh, Bat W agrees. Uh, Joel, also the same thing. Um, uh, Paul, aka Florida Dreamhouse, uh, Liam, happy Liam Cohen Day, Peter. People, yeah, uh, it was, it was, you know, it was a very good first impression. And and this this guy just doesn't seem phony. He seems like yeah, he lives and breathes this stuff, and it just comes second nature. Not going to be perfect out of the gate, 
still a learning curve with this team and and the terminology, which which will have some similarities, but, but be a little different. But I think because of that experience, Matt, and, and also too, I I, I want to be fully accountable and I want to set the record straight. I actually asked Liam Cohen uh, off the record. I mean, it's he said we can share this, but but didn't get it on a recording. I'm not doing a story about it, but um, he did call plays down the stretch uh, when Sean McVay was struggling, when the Rams were struggling, and he just wanted to step back from play calling a little bit. It wasn't like the five uh, final games. He actually called two games. It was the the Chiefs game, which wasn't the greatest, right. and the Saints game. So he said, like, you know, don't go crazy with it, but, I mean, like, you want to set the record straight, I called plays in two games. Supposed to call plays in another game, but he actually got sick and had the flu. And uh, and Sean said, don't worry about it. You get well, and I'll, I'll take care of the play calling duties. But he, he did point out, hey, if you look at the Saints game, that was the first game we ran for 100 yards uh, that year. And that's something that, obviously, you look at, at uh, what he was able to do last year at Kentucky. Uh, had Devin Leary, wasn't exactly Will Levis, right? Will Levis, the first, or was actually second round pick, but a guy that was what had that that billing, but they ran the ball a ton with with Ray Davis, and uh, and he likes to run the ball, and so we'll get into some of those clips, Matt, about what he we will what he said and what he talked about. Yeah, I just want to uh, put a bow on the last thing between Canales and and Liam Cohen is yeah. last year's Bucks team. I think they needed a guy like Canales that is always positive and. Um, and helping to get yeah. you through the tough times when there were a lot of tough times. But now with Canales gone, I think Liam Cohen is the ideal replacement for him in terms of can still keep that positivity, but keep it real, um, like you said as well. And I love the fact that – because I was thinking about this at the time before Cohen was even a candidate. I was yeah. thinking like, all right, well, if there's not a lot of great – offensive coordinators available candidates available from other right. teams or cast offs from other teams. Why not dip into the college ranks? Because we've seen the college play caller come yeah. up and occasionally do some good things. I mean, Chip Kelly initially when he went to the Eagles, right. got, got Nick Foles to the playoffs before Nick Foles became the Super Bowl hero. Yeah. Um, obviously Cliff Kingsbury had, had to make that jump and, and found some success uh, a little bit. So I was thinking like, Hmm, why not go the college way? And then you find a guy that, yeah, he's a college play caller, but he's also has a wealth of experience at the NFL level. So yeah. um, I definitely think he won the press conference. However, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say I'm blown away or anything like that because you can't win over the fans, win over our overall thoughts just by the press conference. Oh, yeah. You can Get very a good points much, on the board. <laughs> you can, yeah, you can very much lose it, but you can't fully win it. Because ultimately, right. who cares what he said today if yeah. the Bucs go out and they average 15 points a game exactly. over the first three yeah. months of the season? No one's going to care that he's like, wow, I really like Rashad White uh, and things of that nature. But overall, yeah. definitely give it two thumbs up for how he, um, how he first addressed the media, spoke to everybody, seemed – Pretty cool, calm, and collected, which, again, is something that Canales at times are like, wow, he's, like, really intense and, like, oh, is this a nervous tick or something like that? Right. Didn't get that sense at all. The biggest thing I noticed with Liam Cohen, and we didn't even talk about this, Scott, so I'm asking you face-to-face right now, is he's still got that quarterback in him. Because when he was talking about motion, he kept going like this. I'm like, is he, he like, (laughs) waving someone on to, like, come in and do a guest answer or something like that? He would snap a lot. And it's just he still got those quarterback tendencies that I will not be surprised 
going to practice and stuff like that, if we see him running and slinging it just like all yeah, the other and quarterbacks, the under center on occasion, he's still I, I'm, I'm very much, very much has that quarterback in him when he's calling people over. For yeah, promotion. no, you're right, and and I think the thing too with with Liam Cohen is you know former UMass quarterback. Yeah, didn't play a down in the NFL, and it's those kind of guys, those gym rats, the guys that had to, that didn't have all the physical tools, right, to excel. They're the kind of guys that 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 you want as as coaches because they yeah. understand the little minutia, the attention to, to detail that that you had to have to to get you on that that Division One roster, right? Even yeah. as a starter or a third string guy, whatever. And and maybe it's not at the upper echelon schools; it might be at the lower schools, like uh, like UMass was. And so, yeah, those are the guys that typically make really good coaches. And you've seen some guys win Super Bowls. Andy Reid didn't play a down in the NFL. John Gruden was a third-string quarterback in Dayton, you know. So uh, it's it's some of those guys that, that that aren't the Dan Campbells that had all of that playing experience in the league and and or Todd Bowles uh, certainly won a Super Bowl with the Washington Redskins. So there's there's a there's places for guys like that, and and I, I like those film junkies, the gym rats, the guys that really have to grind and 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 learn from the bottom up. Um and, and it makes them really well rounded. So I I uh I, I was very impressed by by what we saw and heard today. Yeah, so uh let's get a, to a couple of videos first. We'll start out with his opening statement. Um the first part of the video, um you don't see this part, but he, he thanks Todd Bowles, the Glazers, everybody yeah. in the Bucks organization. Um then he goes on to talking about a couple other people. The next two videos, because they're relatively quick videos, the next two videos after that, it's very evident that one of the big reasons that Liam Cohen wanted to come to the Buccaneers was for one player in particular. I'm not going to spell it out for you, but you'll be able to figure it out. Come to Tampa Bay to be the offensive coordinator. Uh, I'd also like to thank Mark Stoops at the University of Kentucky, uh, giving me an opportunity to go call plays in the SEC and really kind of get my feet wet uh, and doing it for the first time. And I'd also like to thank... Sean McVay and the Los Angeles Rams organization uh, for essentially giving me my PhD in coaching and learning under those guys and uh, what a first class organization. But uh, couldn't be more couldn't be happier to be here and uh, really open up to any questions. This was a no brainer for me. I mean, obviously, uh, the opportunity to work with Baker, you know, to get with back with him potentially. Uh, John Wolford's in the room that I coached at, with, with the Rams for multiple years. Uh, the skill set on the perimeter, obviously, uh, youth in the running back room, tight end, uh, and, and one of the best tackles in, in, in the National Football League. So um, th- this was this was all together uh, really something that we could not turn away from whatsoever. This is something that we were really excited about as a family. Um, my father lives an hour and a half from Tampa. I've spent a lot of time down here, and uh, this was just a no-brainer for us. Man, Baker, as you guys know, uh, He's an igniter, and, and that's the type of guy that you want to be around. He came into our organization at a really difficult time, a time that we weren't having a lot of fun. And he came in and made football fun for a lot of people at that time. He came in and made football uh, competitive again at practice. And he's jawing at Jalen Ramsey, and they're going at it. And um, that was something that I had, we hadn't felt in a little while, right? It was a tough year. And um, the opportunity to be around him potentially uh, every day, um, to, to coach a guy that's as competitive as he is, um, that has that moxie, I mean, that's fun. I mean, you, you can't coach that. And when a guy has that ability and, and the ability to communicate with others, um, that's something that I really wanted to be around and, and, and was very intriguing for us. 
I just love Scott that it was what under two minutes. And he's essentially like, yeah, I came here because I want to work with Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Now, with him not even being under contract. So I imagine uh, some of the Bucks brass weren't thrilled that he's like, yeah, it's Baker <laughs> and it's only Baker. But he clarified later when we spoke privately with him that uh, like he can work with anyone really. Uh, but obviously felt a strong connection with Baker for a guy that they really only worked a month together. Yeah, and I think the key word was igniter, right? I mean, that's that's yes. kind of that's that's very high praise for somebody to come in for essentially five weeks, yeah. and and make that type of an impression uh, is, is something. And and it's easy, right, to to come in at the start of 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 the off season like like Baker did and kind of ingratiate himself with his teammates, right, and and start. You know, everyone's like on the same footing to a degree. You got the rookies in there for the first time, the new free agents, you know, the Matt Filers, the Ryan Neals, you know, guys like that. It's all kind of coming together, right? But when you're you're jumping on the train as it's going down the track, right? And it's it's almost at the end of the tunnel because it, it's it's the last five weeks of the season. You jump on there and there's teams that already have their cliques and their groups and yeah. you know their leaders. And here comes a guy who's genuine, and for him to make football fun again, I mean, that's a great story. Like, like that—that's a real insight that we didn't even realize that Baker had that type of, of, of effect. And and you know what, Matt, winning that first game in dramatic fashion, the way they did, uh, the way they did, about seventy-two hours after he became a Ram, that that certainly helped too, right? That's a good first impression. But yeah, I mean, it makes. It makes you want to to be around that guy, and I and I'm sure that was a lure for Liam Cohen coming to Tampa Bay for sure. Yeah, like if they get smoked 31 to seven in uh, in in that first game, I don't know if everyone's going, <laughs> "Wow, yeah, Baker, like what yeah. a guy." I'm sure he was still <laughs> a great teammate, but you know, a lot of times when how many times do we talk about historic teams in any sport really, where it's like, eh, some of these guys didn't get along, but they won. So, yeah. like, winning ultimately is fun. Sometimes Keyshawn Johnson need, and Warren Sapp in 2002. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes you need that the winning part to be the catalyst for everything else. So, if you come yeah. in and you start winning right away, ultimately, I don't know. I'm not a I'm not an expert on subconscious and and the mind and everything like that. But I think subconsciously, you're like, oh yeah, Baker, we won. We like this guy. And uh, yeah, to your point, it, it's much much easier to ingratiate yourself when you have a full season like he did with the Bucks versus the five weeks with the LA Rams. But I think that speaks to just what Baker means to a lot of people. And some yeah. people didn't like the chip on his shoulder mentality, but it's also gotten him a long way. Cause you got to think too. I mean, that's a tough situation. He just got cut by the Panthers. He's probably coming in tail between my legs going, well, yeah. it's better than nothing. It's better than not yeah. playing at all. Well, and yeah, and if you remember, he actually asked for his release because he, yeah. he wanted the chance to latch on to a team. He knew he was going to be a clipboard holder in, in Carolina. He did that for weeks. He yeah. was the good soldier. He learned that role. He tried to help others that way. But he's like, man, maybe I can help another team. And, and that's the thing. It's like he was claimed off waivers. People kind of assumed that he would go to the 49ers. And wow, yes. what, what could have happened, right, to Baker Mayfield? Had, had he been there in Philadelphia – Instead of having Christian McCaffrey take emergency snaps because yeah. they're completely wiped out a quarterback, but instead the Rams said, "Screw you, a division rival. We're taking him." Yeah. And uh, you know he didn't go with the playoffs. The Rams fizzled that year, but but still interesting. And boy, uh, that connection is paying dividends now with Liam Cohen coming to Tampa. 
Absolutely. Uh, thanks to Meets McGee for this $5 super chat who says, please ask Todd Bowles if he will run an unscripted scrimmages against Liam like he did with Dave. Knowing Todd always had issues with those offenses. It's a little bit different with yeah. the scrimmage. Like, you're not game planning for weeks uh, how to beat Todd Bowles' defense. And you got a lot of, like, second string against first string and third yeah. string against first string. So not exactly the same thing. But part of the reason why they did that with Canales, if I recall, was because yeah. Canales had never called games before. Right. So it was getting him those in-game experience reps in training camp. Yeah. No, you're Cohen exactly right. Has been calling the play. So I, I still do think we'll see those type of situations, but I don't know if it's necessarily yeah. as important slash should be a precedent because Cohen has tons of experience. I mean, compared to Canals, tons of experience yeah. calling plays and in-game situations. And I like what Cohen had to say about like not everything's gonna go everybody's way. You gotta learn how to pivot at times. And he's kind of talking right. about that. Um, coaching at the college level, like you're going to have to pivot because one team will be great at doing this. You're going to have to be able to counter that, but you can apply it to the NFL as well, which again is something where the Bucks offense at times needed to adjust more in games or go with a different style of game plan after the defense had kind of figured them out. And I think yeah. Liam Cohen will be best equipped to do that. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And also too, they had to pivot from quarterback to quarterback to quarterback in LA when Matthew Stafford got hurt. And, you know, and he, he doesn't control Baker Mayfield's situation of free agency. It's a two-way street. And, again, Baker, I'm sure, in his heart of hearts, wants to return. He knows he's, he's welcomed here. He knows that he is, he is a leader here. He's established himself here. At the same time, and I go back to this, and I'll probably end up writing this in my Fab Five on Friday, this is a business at the end of the day. Yes. And sometimes it, it can't be personal. Baker has a thousand reasons to come here and stay here, but these guys don't play this game for free, right? Um, it, it is it is a child's game played at a king's ransom, yeah, and like the that. thing is, is you have a, a, a an earnings window, right? And for most NFL players, what's the average, Matt? Three years, right? That's yep. the average NFL player from Tom Brady all the way to the guy He's that. Sean yeah, that, that, or that doesn't even make it out of training camp, you know. And, and it, you average it out, it's three years. It's short. Injuries can shorten some guys' careers, and it can be over in the drop Ryan of a hat. Jensen. Ryan Jensen, great example. I mean, he luckily he got in out of training, at, a freaking training camp of all things. Second day, right? And he was 30, 30 years old, I think, 30. Now he's 32. Yeah. Um, so having said that, Baker Mayfield, remember, he lost $12 million, you know, in, in that if that report is correct in a shady investment scheme. Maybe he gets that money back in litigation. Maybe he doesn't. But you you look at that and say that's that's twelve million that's gone. He played this year for four million plus a couple million in incentives. Right. When the average starting salary, if you average out all of the, the starting quarterbacks, probably around twenty million dollars. Okay. So at seven million, he he was thirteen million dollars shy of money he yeah. should have made. So 12 and 13, that's that's $25 million that you can make the case that Baker Mayfield is out right now. Right. And and and, and, and you only have probably this contract exactly. to make some of that money back. So uh, as much as I, I want to think he's going to resign, and I think is more than a 50-50 chance that he does, there's going to be suitors out there. And Baker's got to make the best decision for his future and his yeah. family 
because this is his one shot. And if you sit there and say, okay, well, isn't $30 million enough as opposed to 35? Well, if you get 30 million over three years or 35 million uh, per year over three years, that difference is $15 million in that other contract. Yeah, no question about it, Scott. And, and that's why it doesn't bother me by, by any means, but I just, I don't get the people that are like, oh, well, you should be loyal and the Bucks took a chance on you, so you should be loyal to them. Well, let me ask you, if the shoe was on the other foot, and let's just say Baker, instead of 4,000 yards, threw for 3,000 yards. Instead of 28 yeah. touchdowns, it was like, I don't 20. know, 20. And yeah. the interceptions instead of 10 was 15. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade Two. Play it now with Game Pass. Do you think if the Bucks decide to say, "Ah, uh, Baker, thanks, good effort, but we're going to go in another direction," Baker's not going to sit there and be like, "Well, what the hell? You should be loyal to me. I did all right. of that under a cheap contract. <laughs> well now you should pay me more." Uh, like fans want it, and I get it. Like fan fanatic, all that stuff, but yeah. you can't sit here and say, cut this guy, cut this guy, because he's been terrible, and the Bucs cut a guy, and you're like, all right, right good job, Bucs. You can't look at the player and be like, take less, take less, take less, when they play better. It's just not how it works. So, yeah, I mean, the Bucs got an absolute bargain for Baker Mayfield, and I get it. Like, the market was not hot for him at the time, so you could get him at a bargain. But Baker outplayed his contract, exceeded it by many, many, many lengths, so now it's his time to cash in. Do I want to see him in Tampa Bay? Absolutely. I think the Bucs fans would absolutely love that as well. But you got to look at it from all sides. You can't just look at it through the lens of um, the Buccaneers. One thing I always look at through uh, rose-colored lenses, because I love this damn thing so much, of course, is Celsius Energy Drinks, the official energy drink of the Pewter Report podcast. Check out their new product line, the Celsius Essentials. They're bigger cans. They have 270 milligrams of caffeine. Awesome flavors such as the Blue Crush, the Dragonberry. Um, you can get them nationwide at 7-Elevens. They are the newest line that help you reach your best physical and cognitive performance with the Celsius Essentials. Um, you can get the three-pack variety pack over at uh, 7-Elevens, and they're coming to Amazon sooner rather than later so whether it's the celsius essentials or some of the original old school flavors of celsius could be the sparkling orange the sparkling cucumber lime uh peach mango whatever it may be fuji apple pear arctic vibe my personal favorite if you need to know where to find a celsius energy drink go to the celsius store locator on the celsius website punch in your address and it'll tell you the closest geographical location where you could find one. Could be a health and fitness store, could be a Walmart Target, or if you're lucky enough, you might just be able to find one at your local bodega. Bodega. And once you keep going to your bodega and you're like, I love Celsius, but I need more. I need to get it in bulk. So I don't have to make so many trips. You can get it in bulk. I'd recommend getting the variety pack because variety is the spice of life. Go to Amazon, click on the subscribe and save and have it sent to your place of residence whenever you want. You're the captain, you're in charge. Just make sure you're drinking Celsius energy drinks. Make Celsius your number one pick. Celsius, the official energy drink 
of the Pewter Report podcast. Scott, there's a a video or two I want to get to, and then I want to talk about um, another player that is available for for or available in free agency that the Bucks mm-hmm. would like to uh, resign. But just kind of want to close the book on some of the previous ten years of Liam Cohen. Yeah. Um, first, him talking about the differences between coaching at the college and the NFL level. It's a good question. Well, the, the NFL and college game very different in a lot of ways. The, the defensive structure is actually in the college football game are a little messier than they are in the NFL game at times. Um, you know, obviously the, the, the blitz pickup packages in the SEC versus the NFL, maybe it'll be a little bit different, but the defensive structures, they're a little messier in college football. But at the end of the day, as we kind of talked about before was get the ball to your best player as many times as possible and see what happens and, and try to be as efficient as you can on early downs win third down in the red zone but we had a kid two years ago Wondell Robinson that had 104 for 1300 and um you know ultimately just try to get him the ball as many times as possible and and I could sleep better at night that way keep in mind that theme of getting a player the ball as much as possible um yeah and and really that's something we talked about yesterday that's his mantra that's his coaching philosophy players not plays so I, I don't think we're going to see the issue we've we've witnessed over the last couple of years with Byron Leftwich, with, no. with Dave Canales kind of forgetting to get the ball to Mike or Chris in the first half and Chris's wife, Mariah, having to yep. take to social media <laughs> to bitch about her husband not getting the ball. And, and thank goodness she did because he had a great game against Green Bay. But he, did. he has that special column, playmakers, and that's where he's going to be putting Mike and Chris and every time there's a target or a touch – they get a check there, and he he gets to see visually while he's calling the game how many times has Mike touched it, how many times has Chris touched it, and it starts there. I'm sure Rashad White will be on there as well. Yeah, we'll get to that video in just a second. Uh, last thing about his coaching history, just what he learned from Sean McVay and, and Mark Stoops, two pretty uh, prestigious coaches in their own right. Liam, you mentioned uh, Coach Stoops and Coach McVay. I'm just curious what you kind of learned from them, from their coaching style that you want to apply to your own coaching style. Uh, Sean, Sean made – made coaching he, he gave me a different outlook on coaching i'd been doing it for a, for a little while there and i'm sitting in, in there one one afternoon as a as a you know assistant receivers coach and i just got there and he comes in at six o'clock during otas and says hey man uh, i appreciate what you're doing and, and i'm really glad you're here and 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 to get the pat on the back that you just don't typically ask for or or or, or think is necessary in this profession but to actually have somebody do it you saw a little bit of a different lens of how football can be and, co- and coaching in general can be. And then, uh, and he's the best communicator I've ever been around, hands down. Uh, and Coach Stoops, the ability to, to step away but also have an organization that he trusts, that he worked for really hard to get, and, and to be able to step away with, with understanding and trusting his coaches. That was something that I really learned from Coach Stoops was, man, hey, play the next play. Don't worry about it, man. It's all going to be okay. Just go. He trusted. He believed. And I couldn't thank him enough for that. And as Scott just alluded to a moment ago, it's players over the plays. As an offensive play caller is players over plays. Yeah. Can you just speak to that and and uh, in identifying that and, and what that, that means to you and your, your play calling style? Yeah, I was taught in times of crisis, you think players, not plays. And um, it's not about what, what maybe I like or the play that I might, might like the most, but uh, what's going to get the ball into our best players' hands? Uh, what can our guys execute at a high level and, and be able to go do and have confidence in? And also, you know, on the back of my call sheet, I have a, a player box 
for multiple players that ultimately want to get the ball in their hands right now. Uh, no questions asked. The cover is not going to change. It's not going to matter what happens. That the ball is going in their hands right now, and because this game's uh, it, it's a personnel game, right? And at the end of the day, it's about those guys. So, Scott, you kind of already mentioned it, like how at times Bucks fans and people watching the game in general were frustrated. Where's Mike Evans? Where's Chris Godwin? Yeah. Why aren't they getting the ball in those situations? I love what Cohen had to say there halfway through his, his statement about doesn't matter what the defense is. doesn't matter right. what the call is. We are going to get that player the football. And he talked about this later in the press conference or maybe it was during our, our, our private discussion that – and I always forgot about it, maybe because he jumped back and forth between Kentucky and and the Rams. But the Rams had the best wide receiver in the game of football, yeah. Cooper Cup. And That's it was right. not a question of, hey, how's this defense going to take Cooper Cup out of the game? Are they right. going to double team him? Are they going to bracket him? It was, how much can we limit the damage of what Cooper Cup will do to right. the opponent <laughs> yeah. this week? And it's just so funny thinking that it was like, Whatever Thanos used to say, dread from it, run from it. Like it's still going to happen. Inevitable. Yeah, it's inevitable. inevitable. Right. Yeah. Cooper Cup was inevitable. That's right. In his prime, and injuries have hurt in the past couple of years. He's still a great wide receiver. There's no reason if Mike Evans resigns, and it's kind of in the boat with Baker Mayfield. We're all hoping. We all can see it happening. There's no reason that Mike Evans should not get force-fed the football week in and week out, regardless of. Bracket coverage, regardless of putting the other team's best corner on Mike Evans, it is Michael Lynn Evans, all right? So I think with that, with what he said about Chris Godwin playing the Cooper Cup part this season, could be a uh, resurgence for Chris Godwin this year, which I will add is a uh, contract year. Yeah, it is. It, it's it's going to be a contract year for Chris. And I, I think when you look at Chris, and I just did an article. I put your article on Liam Cohen's press conference as well as mine. So we, we can't get to it all in this podcast, only an hour. But but uh, read those articles, Peter, people. One of the things that that I uh, that, that I noted in the article that I did, which was basically talking about how Mike Evans and Chris Godwin will be used in this new offense, is it seems like, and it took Dave Canales a while to figure this out, and towards the end of the season, you saw him, that Green Bay game comes to mind, you saw him use Chris Godwin more in the slot. And honestly, yeah. that's just where he thrives. That's where mm-hmm. his bread is buttered, and he was the engine of this offense from 2019 all the way through 2022 in terms of targets, in terms of the offense running through him. And and, and that Cooper Cup role, that's that's where they run the offense through, Cooper Cup it, with, with the Rams. Doesn't mean the Mike's not going to get his. Yeah. Because you're going to see, I think, the receivers uh, in a lot of bunch formations, in a lot of stacked formations. And, and that's helpful because as you get older, you may lose that initial burst off the line. Maybe Chris Goblin's lost a little bit of a step. Maybe Mike has lost a little bit of a step. But when you're in those bunch formations, it helps you get free releases from the line of scrimmage. It creates yep. confusion, right? And, and it also creates some natural rubs with those guys going different ways. Those little natural picks that, that can happen coming out of those bunch formations running routes. So I, I think you're, you're talking about getting the ball in Chris's hands and Mike's hands on the run, on the move, uh, shorter intermediate passes perhaps, but getting more yards after catch and, and getting some more of those free releases from being in the bunch set. It's not like Mike's not going to see time outside. He will. Yeah. But I think you're going to see more time of Chris inside, and I was just looking at the numbers per Pro Football Focus uh, for the story here. 
2022, Chris Godwin played 628 snaps in the slot. 628 in the slot, 311 out wide. So two to one inside out in that Bruce Arians offense with Byron Leftwich calling the plays. And I'm pretty sure, Matt, 2021, 2020, 2019 is probably that two to one ratio. Well, guess what? Last year under Dave Canales, Godwin played 655 snaps out wide and just 335 snaps inside. So that's a two to one ratio the other way. Twice as many snaps outside versus inside. And I think at this stage of the game with Chris Godwin turning 29 this year and him not being as explosive coming off of that, that devastating knee injury, I think that playing inside, going up against slot corners, linebackers, safeties, that's where his speed can, can be a little more accentuated rather than having to win those constant one-on-ones on the outside. And you know what? Maybe that's why we looked at, at, the, at the number of, of catches and production between Mike and Chris, and Mike was just simply getting open outside. And Chris yeah. wasn't, and, and that's probably why Chris's numbers went down a little bit this year. And it all goes back to what Liam Cohen had to say in the first place, which is about the personnel. And if Chris Godwin yeah. is best with the personnel on the inside – in that Larry Fitzgerald role back in the day, and now that Cooper Cup role, well, then Liam Cohen's going to do it because it's going to mean the best yeah. of the Bucks offense. It almost oddly reminds me of two seasons ago, and this is on the defensive side, but I still think it yeah. correlates, when they moved Antoine Winfield Jr. into the slot, and he mostly yes, played. great point. It wasn't necessarily bad, but he's just better at free safety. Yeah. So they moved to free safety and what happened oh he was first team all pro (laughs) it's kind of like that now with chris goblin where canals came in and brad isaac spoke a lot about it that we're gonna move chris to the outside and chris wasn't necessarily bad he got over a thousand yards and was better down the stretch had some big games but he's just better in the slot and that can open up an opportunity for Trey Palmer or Rocky Jarrett that uh Liam Cohen had mentioned or a new wide receiver that comes in. So there's definitely yep. Malachi um, some moving parts that will be cool to see. Um, let's get to a couple super chats. Thanks to LGBC's yep. Most Wanted for this 499 super chat. It says, Saludos, Peter Report. Did last season change where Evans or David uh, stand in your top 10 of all time bucks? What do they need to reach the Mount Rushmore? Mm, wow. That, that's well, a good Levante question. David needs Derek Brooks to have not played for the Fox. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, and that's nothing on Levante David, but we're talking exactly. about Derek yeah. Brooks. Yeah. I know. I, I, I thought agree. about this for a bit. Um, yeah. I, I, I had Mike on my Mount Rushmore to begin with because I also just think like he's the greatest offensive player yeah. of all time in the history of the Bucks. It's really tough yeah. to have a Mount Rushmore as great as the Bucks' defensive legends have been. Yeah. It's really tough to have. Mount Rushmore, which is no offensive players. Um, So Mike was always on my Mount Rushmore because of that. I don't necessarily know how much he moved up or down. Levante, and I don't have like a list of the top 10 bucks in front of me. You can make the case that Levante has moved up because he did another year of just great, great football and had some of his highest amount of tackles. And and I think like four or five. I think he's in the top 10. Yeah, I I think he's in the top 10. Yeah, no question. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. for my Mount Rushmore, my my current Mount Rushmore is Warren Sapp, Derek Brooks, Rondé Barber, and Leroy Selman. Right, those are four Hall of Famers. Um, they all have set records 
with the Buccaneers. Like they, they've made their own imprint on the team. And three out of those four are Super Bowl champions, Barbara Brooks and Sapp. Uh, Leroy, and I understand it's a team game, but Leroy doesn't have a Super Bowl ring. Those other three guys were all NFL Defensive Players of the Year, uh, with the exception of Rondé Barber. But he's in a Hall of Fame, and he's, in my opinion, a little bit of a class of his own because he he is in rarefied air with some of with like the Charles Woodsons, the the Rod Woodsons for yeah. defensive touchdowns. He's the only player in NFL history, right? With or I think he was the first with the forty twenty club in terms of forty interceptions and and uh, at least twenty sacks. Um, so th- that that right there, if you, if I have to pick one of those three guys to leave, or one of those yeah, one of those three guys to leave, or four guys to leave to put Mike on and only have three left from the defensive side, to me, it's Leroy Selman. And that might be blasphemous to some of you, old-timers especially, um, but he doesn't have a Super Bowl ring, right? And and now we're getting to the cream of the crop. Uh, We're not talking great anymore. We're talking elite. We're talking highest level of football. I think Mike will be a Hall of Famer. And to me, I'm reserving that day when Mike becomes a Hall of Famer, then he has Hall of Famer, record holder in the NFL like Barber and and in the Buccaneer organization like 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 Brooks and, and Sapp. And and then also he is a Super Bowl champion. So I as it stands right now, Leroy is the placeholder for Mike till Mike gets the gold jacket, which will be coming sometime in the next decade. Whenever he five years after whenever he decides to Big, hopefully exactly. five years after whenever yeah. he uh, decides to retire, but it, so it's a great discussion. He's, for sure. he's on my Mount Rushmore. He he's the asterisk right now. Yeah. He'll be replacing Leroy. Yeah, no, it's a good conversation. It's a good discussion to have. Uh, I know we had it last year. I do have to commend Mike Evans. We'll get to uh, Kathy Gillespie super chat in just a moment. I do have to commend Mike Evans because at the beginning of the year, looking at his stats and the over under on his receiving yards, it was eight hundred seventy five and a half receiving yards, and yeah. I go. Oh, my goodness. Mike Evans is absolutely going to smash that. So what did I do? I immediately went and started betting on Mike Evans to get over 875 and a half receiving yards on the season, which he hit. So if you want to do season long props for the Bucs next season, make sure you go and do it over at mybookie.ag. You can start betting on the big game. I know I've already placed a couple of uh, wagers in there. Uh, go to mybookie.ag, use the promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R, and get money with a first deposit bonus with mybookie.ag. If you're getting free money in your account just by signing up and using that promo code, that's free money? Even if you learn from Plant City Math, you know that that is a heck of a deal. So check out mybookie.ag. They got the online casino, which is fun to do. The big game's coming up this Sunday, the Super Bowl. And, of course, you could do it for sports all year round. And like I said, that online casino... It's a lot of fun. You don't even have to leave your couch and you can go to the casino. So shout out to my bookie. Make sure you use that promo code pewter. That's P-E-W-T-E-R. All right, let's get to that super chat from uh, Kathy. Thank you very much for the $5 super chat. It says, do you see the NFC South stepping up more in the coming seasons with these coaching changes? Interesting with offenses coming from similar trees. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting, right? That that the the Bucks and the Rams, uh, I should say the Rams, pretty much the Rams, the Rams. There's Rams East, influence for sure. <laughs> is what Raheem Morris has set up. He basically raided the whole Rams staff. I think he's got six Rams coaches, including himself, over there now in Atlanta. 
So yeah, okay. it's going to be interesting between Atlanta and Tampa having almost mirror uh, type of, of offenses, at least philosophically, different parts, different players, of course. But but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Todd Bowles, uh, because th- that offense has given him fits in the past, and even Jared Goff, when he left the Rams, has given him fits with the Lions. But we'll see if if the the Falcons attack, and we'll see who their quarterback is. Hopefully, it's not Baker Mayfield. But I get a funny feeling that yeah. the Falcons might be one of those suitors interested in Baker Mayfield. It would be a double whammy, of course, for Atlanta to steal Tampa's quarterback. That would rock right. the the balance <laughs> of power uh, in in the NFC South for sure. But yeah, I think the Falcons got better with this coaching staff. I like the names that are on there. I think Jimmy Lake. Is is a friend of the program. Defensive mind, friend show. of the program. He's been on. Yeah, um, the Saints. We'll see. I, I'm not sold on Derek Carr, and I think Quinn that Kubiak, still new offensive coordinator, issues. who the Bucks yeah. uh, interviewed last year during the yeah. the coordinator search. So, yeah, that interesting there. At least a change on the offensive right. side, which clearly was the worst side of the ball for the Saints. Yeah, Carolina is going to be a work in progress. I, I think Dave Canales can do the job if given time. I think it's going to take three years to make Carolina or a formidable team. I think they'll compete this year. They'll be better next year. I think if they're going to make a move, it'll be in that third year. Maybe he gets that luxury from David Tepper, the most impatient owner in, in NFL history just about. Um, we'll see. But I, I think the Falcons are are, are the – the biggest threat to the Buccaneers in terms of, of the NFC South title. It's tough anytime you don't have a first round pick, but it's even that much more difficult when it's the first overall pick, like yeah. like the Panthers oh, yeah. uh, were supposed to have. And yeah, I'm in agreement with you. I, I think the Falcons will be a big issue for the Bucs this year. And I don't know. I mean, New Orleans, I feel like every year we say they're getting older, they're regressing here, they're regressing there. Then at the end of the season, they're like, still up for grabs for a playoff spot. Yeah. So I wouldn't, I just, I keep waiting for like the downfall of the saints and yeah. I thought it was going to happen this year and yeah. it necessarily didn't happen. So yeah, I don't know what to make of them, but uh, I, I, I still would keep an eye out for the saints too. Yep. Uh, thanks to Paul, AKA Florida dream House, for this $5 super chat. He says, I love how fans went from mostly Traskaholics or he sucks to Baker needs to be loyal and stay. I need a Celsius to keep up with the hypocrisy with a couple of. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think I did a a poll right after they signed Baker that said, you know, how do you feel about Baker Mayfield coming? And it was like two thirds, like, yeah, like I'm I'm excited about it, and the other third was like, wait and see or a terrible move or whatever, right? And now I think if you did it, um, it it's probably close to 90 10 right um, because you, you don't know what the other option is right we don't know if if, if it's not baker I, mean, I have no idea who it's going to be right i mean i Kyle don't Trask. i don't yeah, yeah maybe i don't think they're going to go out there and, and and make a huge play for for kirk cousins 36 years old coming off of I achilles because I, I don't think the box not a good track are... in the playoffs like the Bucs are kind of in a win now mode, but I don't look at them as like, wow, they got all the pieces in place. If they just have like a surefire quarterback, then they'll be in the Super Bowl. I don't see that where it's like, oh, the Bucs are a Kirk Cousins away from contending uh, for the game that the Chiefs and, yeah. and the 49ers are playing this weekend. So, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. If, if they, if Baker does not re sign, 
do they go back to Jameis Winston? <laughs> do they, uh, I think they would have to end up drafting a quarterback like in the second or third round. Uh, yeah, Paul, yeah, they probably would. I mean, you yeah. probably see a rookie quarterback come in with Kyle Trask and compete. And Trask probably starts, I would imagine. I mean, depending on like how it goes. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it certainly would. It would be a uh, we're we're going to contend, and we're you know we're reloading to a we're kind of in rebuilding right now, and that's just you know free agency is a two way street, man. You can't, you know, they, they could. Uh, put the franchise tag on Baker, but they're not going to. That, that's not the direction Baker wants to go in or the team wants to go in. So, um, yeah, I think it, it's kind of Baker or bust a quarterback, in my yeah. opinion, because they're not in position at 26. You you can't you can't mortgage your future to go up and get um, the, the draft capital to go from 26 to, uh, to, one, to or one or two is so astronomical. We, we, the Panthers were picking in the top 10 last year, right, man? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and they gave up a king's ransom just just to go up seven or eight spots. I feel like get... you need to do that um, when Mike Ditka was with the Saints and he essentially yeah. traded every All draft, of the draft pick that picks. year for Ricky Williams <laughs> yeah. or whatever it was. I feel like uh, yeah. you have to do something like that. By the way, thanks to uh, Paul, a.k.a. Florida Dreamhouse, yeah. he says, also shout out Matty Diamonds calling right. Baker Nailed getting uh, MVP. I tried to make a bet, but no bets on the Pro Bowl. <laughs> I tried looking for a bet, too, because I just – I just yeah. had that feeling like who's going to make the most noise in this game, the ultra competitor Baker Mayfield. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he ended up winning it. So shout out. I'll, I'll have some Super Bowl picks. You guys will be able to see um, on our YouTube channel for sure. So make yeah. sure you pay attention well, to that. Um, and I, I think the thing too is, is when, when you do win a bunch of money by following Matt's bets and, and you cash in on your Super Bowl earnings, you know, it's it's easy to go out and want to spend that money, but sometimes it's good just to put it in your retirement. And the place you need to go for retirement advice is our friends over at Immuni Financial. At Immuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations. We're so happy Thank for you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Amuni Financial. Plan ahead, stay ahead. Yeah, uh, speaking of retirement, I've got a little bit of an emergency announcement here. Um, I, I am going to retire from Pewter Report. It's been a great run. I really appreciate the Pewter people uh, for tuning in, for reading my stuff throughout the years. So I'm letting you all know right now, in 20 years, I will be retiring. Okay. So I'm 51 now. I'll be 52 in April. So about 71, 72, uh, probably arthritis will, will set in. Um, won't be able to type anymore. You probably won't want to see an old decrepit babe, you know, out there like talking, you know, uh, uh, about the Buccaneers and the good old days, you know. Um, but here's the thing. Whenever that day comes, you want to have enough money in your retirement. You want to have enough uh, saved up, maybe for your college uh, expenses when your kids go to college, right? And that's where Immuni Financial comes into play. Managing your family's wealth means more to Immuni Financial than simply allocating your assets. It means legacy planning, brokerage and advisory services, retirement accounts, college savings accounts, and re retirement and insurance services. With 40 years of experience, let Immuni Financial help you plan ahead and stay ahead. Give them a call today 
at Immunity Financial, 1-800-868-6864. Got a lot of my personal investments in Immunity Financial, so I speak from experience. And make sure you visit them on the web at immunity.com. Uh, Peter People and Bucks fans, uh, the fun thing about today with talking to Liam Cohen is that we have so much video that we're just going to expand this to tomorrow's podcast as well when we kind of expand further upon our first meeting with Liam Cohen. So that'll be taking place at 4 o'clock Eastern tomorrow on Wednesday. But uh, in the meantime, while we still have some video to show today, Liam Cohen was asked about if there's going to be a learning curve with his offense, just given the familiarity with the Canales offense and the Shane Waldron connection. And this was his response to said uh, question. It can't be the same language wise, but what kind of learning curve do you anticipate with this group? I think it'll be actually uh, very similar in terms of some of the the terminology, the run game, I think will be, you know, very similar in some ways formations, maybe some, some, Daffy might be Dixie or Double might be Deuce. I mean, some of those things may be a little bit different, but at the end of the day, those guys have, uh, okay, well, that's that was just this. They, they can put those things together. The protections, I got to believe, will be very similar in some ways. Uh, you know, Dave was under Shane, was, was with Shane Waldron uh, in Seattle, and so there's a lot of similarities there. I, I don't expect a, an overly difficult learning curve, but obviously we want to be able to put our stamp on things and, and be able to do things our way as well. Got a couple of uh, super chats. Thanks to my man Kyle Dugan with the $5 super chat who says, Scott, you're still in your prime. And he says, Matt, enjoyed the snowboarding trip. Thank you very much, Kyle. I am going to Park City, Utah this weekend. Uh, and Kathy Gillespie with the $5 super chat says, Scott, you jack blank. Scared the crap out of me. I'll be pushing uh, daisies before then. So kudos on your, uh, on your adventure. You got me. This guy fooling a lot of people with this uh, faux retirement. What are you, Tom Brady? Well, yeah, I mean, I, you know, <laughs> I, I, li- I like to have a little fun. Matter of fact, speaking of fun, you're going to Utah to do some snowboarding this weekend, right? I am, yeah, doing That's some shredding. Awesome. Don't break a leg. Usually you say, break a leg. You know, don't yeah. break a leg. That Be safe. My wife, Ashley, and I were going to Louisville, Kentucky to hit Whiskey awesome. Row this week. Uh, so it's it's going to be a fun little weekend for, for me as well. So we can find uh, Celsius in our respective. Uh, that's right. Go in the store locator and, and I'll need some Celsius after a couple of nights out with Ashley and Whiskey Row, I'm sure. Uh, but it should be a good time. Uh, and, uh, and, and you know, we would love to be covering the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. We'd love to be in Las Vegas yes. instead. That wasn't in the cards this year. Maybe next. Where's the Super Bowl next year? New Orleans, New believe Orleans, it or not. Oh, okay. So how cool would that be? That would be um, cool. If uh, I believe it's New Orleans. I'll double check. I think you're right. I think it is New Orleans, yeah. Yep. Good stuff. Uh, listen, uh, speaking of locations, whether it's Utah, whether it is Kentucky, whether it's New Orleans, um, if you're moving uh, from the great state of Florida, we, we hate to see you go. But maybe you need a real estate agent to help you sell your house. Or maybe you're moving from one of those those places uh, into the great state of Florida. Well, welcome. And again, you need to turn to Eric Gross and the Eric Gross Group, the official realtor of Peter Report, for all of your real estate needs. Eric is a Tampa native who knows this area like the back of his hand as well as the whole state of Florida. And he knows what it takes to get you the best value when you're looking for your your new home. It's not just a house, it's a home. 
it has to be in the right community or it has to be the, the right school system for your kids. Uh, maybe you, you are, are a shopper and you want to be next to uh, malls and shopping centers. That's where Eric Gross and the Eric Gross Group come into play. It's not just about uh, the neighborhood. It's about the city that you're going to be living in. Those are the things to think about. And Eric Gross and the Eric Gross Group, they're part of the EXP Realty Group. It's a network of over 85,000 agents. And the Eric Gross Group can help you turn your dream of buying or selling a home into a reality. Their clients are not just transactions. They're lifelong friendships. Don't let the stress of buying or selling a home keep you out of the game. Visit them on the web at housesinfla.com. It's a fantastic website. You can check out their, their inventory, their open houses, et cetera. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram at Eric Gross Group. Or give Eric a call at 513-907-4271. Again, housesinfla.com. No matter where you are on your home ownership journey, you're going to feel welcome at the Eric Gross Group, the official realtor of Peter Report. Uh, just some other Bucks news as we close out the show. They are still searching for a special teams coordinator, and the Bucks yeah. uh, have had a couple of more interviews slash plan on interviewing a couple of people. One of them is uh, formerly with the Buccaneers, Phil Galliano, who was a Galliano, special yeah. teams uh, assistant when Greg Schiano That's was right. remember coaching yeah. with the uh, Buccaneers. So he is a Schiano man. Um, also, they plan on interviewing Larry Izzo, who um, played in the NFL yeah. for about 14 years, mostly with the Dolphins and the Patriots, won three Super Pro Bowls Bowl with the Patriots. Special team also team. made yeah. three Pro Bowls, uh, mostly yep. for his special teams work, ended up being the special teams coach with the uh, Seattle Seahawks. And they always had a good group. They're always like top 10, top five right. uh, with their respective groups. So that'd be a guy I think should be very interested in the buck should be and then uh scott smith the team reporter just announced that um they their next interview is going to be conducted today with iowa special teams coordinator lavar woods and if you know anything about iowa football they yeah. live by the mantra live laugh punt all they do is punt and play special teams <laughs> because true. they have no offense no at offense all yeah whatsoever Sorry, and they had a great punter so yeah. if there's any coach the you want on the coaching staff of Iowa, it's the special teams coach, maybe the defensive yeah. coach as well, but they, they got that covered with Todd Bowles. Uh, yeah. Special teams coordinator uh, LeVar Woods will be interviewing for the uh, for that role with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which that would be interesting as well. Uh, I do think the Bucs special teams needs a little bit of a makeover. Yeah. Obviously not kickers. You want Jake Carter back. You want Jason Laughlin back. Um, but as far as coverage wise and return wise, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind seeing a little bit uh, of a tweaking here or there with that group. Yeah. You know, Kansas State, my alma mater, um, we actually won last night. We beat KU. Yeah. So Ema, every man a Wildcat. Um, Sean Snyder, uh, son of Bill Snyder. He's not he's not actually with Kansas State anymore. He's actually at KU, believe it or not. But he was a special teams coordinator. If, uh, if you follow college football, you'll know that Kansas State is actually known as Special Teams U. We've got more yeah. special teams touchdowns than any other team dating back to the 90s in college football. So whether it's block punts for touchdowns, punt returns for touchdowns, kick returns, et cetera, et cetera, uh, we, we are the best at it. And, and he, even though he's no longer with Kansas State, I would love to see Sean Snyder uh, maybe come down here. That's Bill Snyder's son. He's he's a he was a, a Pro Bowl punter at Kansas State when or not Pro Bowl All American punter when I was uh, there in school, and um, 
um, he's he's a dynamite guy. I'm surprised he hasn't gotten looks in the NFL yet, but um, uh, just my two cents. But yeah, good. and uh, we shall see. Regardless of what direction that the Bucks decide to go with, we will be covering it at all. Whether it's offensive coordinator Liam Cohen, whether it's other coaching news, whether and of course the draft and free agency and everything all year round. You can find it all at pewterreport.com. Please follow us on all of our social media on X, Facebook, Instagram, and threads. We are at Pewter Report and our YouTube channel, which you're watching right now, is Pewter Report TV. We got lots of content from Liam Cohen. We already got videos up on X and Facebook and Instagram. There's more to come because we just finished up with Liam Cohen. Then we're doing yep. this podcast. So more videos will be coming out. And you can see it all on our social media and our YouTube channel, at Peter Report TV. Tomorrow's show, how will the Bucks' offense change? This is kind of Liam Cohen press conference part two as we get some more videos from Liam Cohen, break down how specifically Chris Godwin will fit and Rashad White will fit and some of the other weapons that the Bucks have on offense and a weapon that Liam Cohen called out about someone that you might not be thinking is a weapon yeah. on the offense for the Buccaneers so that's a little bit of a spoiler for you there as I spit all over myself but I think that's an indicator that it's time to wrap it up so that's going to do it for us on today's show for Scott Reynolds I'm Matt Matera saying thanks everybody for watching and we'll see you tomorrow at four o'clock but wait we have a 1999 super chat from Emily Coppa before we end the show just in she time says hi everyone I'm not going to lie I was sad to see Canales go but it doesn't matter <sighs> More to uh, retain Fake and Mike. I dropped the easy ones. Evans, more than anything, I think our new offensive coordinator will do fine. Emily, thank you so much. Thanks. Appreciate it very much, Emily. Chat. Yeah, I would say Mike Evans may be a little bit more important than Baker Mayfield, but we can discuss that on tomorrow's show. Yep. For Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks, everybody, for watching. We'll see you tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out.